Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well-oiled power play. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex is our office printer, and it has... Our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all, and they could be doing it right now for you. In this hour, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, live racing Saturdays at Northlands Park. Some guests in the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, three locations, downtown south side and north side. You can reach us on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Nazareth, August 10th, the greatest Scottish rock band of all time, tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630 for Westlock Ford if you're looking for a new vehicle. Vehicle, and we will get to some text in the final half hour of the show. Go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Follow us on Twitter at Oilers. Now, Speck, I'm going to get you to uh, comment on something right here, right now. Okay? I'm ready, Bob. You tell me <laughs> if you agree. Where's your headspace at with this? Uh, so I tweeted out today, for those asking, I'd be very surprised if the orders moved the number 10 overall for some immediate help. In my opinion, it would have to be a slam dunk deal to do so. There are no shortcuts. Draft and then develop the player. Edmonton should get a really good prospect at number 10. Um, and, and I qualify that by saying has to be an, an impactful top four defenseman with term or an impactful top six forward with term. That's all I would consider moving the pick for. Okay. Uh, where are you at with that? I sadly absolutely agree with you. Uh, I don't like the optics. I don't like what it what I, what history tells me about, about organizations that move uh, high draft picks. It never, you know, the, 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 the percentile of teams that don't regret having done so five years down the road is very, very low. Everybody regrets it. So I don't like to see the Oilers trade in the 10th. Uh, but everything is for sale at a price. I went to the 2002 draft in Toronto. That was the year that uh, Bo Meester was, for most of the year, seen as the number one. Okay. And Joffrey Lupel worked his way into the top ten. He was a third rounder at the start of that draft. Yep. And I remember going out with Craig uh, Lupel, who you know, the night, yep. the night before the draft. And the Philadelphia Flyers had made a trade that night. They traded for the fourth overall pick to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gave up or, or got Ruslan Fedidenko. Okay. For the fourth overall pick. And I'm like, never turned out to be quite as good as they thought, but still a pretty good player in his time. Scored lots of goals. The game winning goal in the. the Big goals in 04. In 04. That was in the. Big goals in 04, but. In the 02 draft. But I don't know if you give up the fourth overall pick for that. And no. And so there you go. At the time, I thought it was the stupidest trade I'd ever seen in my life, except Fedorenko played a factor in them winning the Stanley Cup championship two years later. It's just, you know, I'm not, I don't have, I'd have to look back on the, at the book and tell you, you know, to find examples. But I just know that teams that trade away high draft picks for right now, we go back to the pre-cap days when, when teams like the Maple Leafs just did it every year. They just traded away their top first Overcut. pick, their second round pick. Gave up the number three overall pick to get who? When when New Jersey got Niedermeyer, uh, who forget Tom Curvers. 
There you go. <laughs> so I see in the press box all the time. Great, Scout great for Kent Tampa. Yeah, great guy, but you don't give up. And now in the cap system, draft picks are worth so much you, more. You know what? Way more. You know, uh, in the legal business for the legal beagles out there right now, you need articling students. It's cheap labor, sure. and players coming in on ELCs, you need those guys. You know, you need to cry. Those. Well, there's that side of it, and it's a very valid side. But to me, what's changed in our game? A, the cap system. Yeah. Right. That's as you point out. You need ELCs. B, the where you used to say that the top three or four players were almost for sure guys that were going to play. Now it's the top fifteen guys. If you can't get a guy that plays in the top yeah. fifteen, you're not doing a job. They're, the number ten is a is a ninety percent. This guy's going to give you could give you 900 games, you know? The t- the guy who gets picked 10th this year, it's such a high percentage now that he's ready to give a the NHL, he's going to have a long NHL career. If you give him away for a guy who's 27, don't like it. Yeah. If Oliver Wallstrom falls to Edmonton at number 10, like he's going to play in the NHL within a couple of years. If, I've never uh, seen him play. Right. Uh, I mean, they're not going to get Noah Dobson, but he's probably going to play. He looked like a good player. Yeah, he can skate. He's got to fill out a bit, but mm-hmm. there's a right shot defensively. Guys are just so much more ready now. Like the yeah. juniors, the, NC, the NCAAs, talk- Europe. Players you pick at 18 yeah. are like yesterday's player they used to pick at that were 16. They're, they're, they're well, mature look- physically, mentally. They're well-trained. They know systems. Right. Hey, Edmonton sat there in 2015, traded the 16 and the 33 to get uh, Reinhardt at that time, yeah. right? Uh, they they passed not just on Matthew Barzell. Mm-hmm. Uh, they passed on Kyle Connor. They passed on Brock Besser by making yeah, that sure. trade, right? There's some... There, I mean, if they, had one, if they had one of those three guys right now... Yeah, I, throw that other pick in the garbage. Give me one of those three guys, I'm happy. You're happy, right? <laughs> so, and, and that, they, got so a better, they have a better pick this year. Maybe it's not anywhere near as deep a draft, but yeah. they're going to get something useful at number 10. But the chance that there's a Brock Besser at 10 that we don't know about, you know, if you've got a good scouting staff, there's out there, man. He's so we have people like Keith Kretzky had a real good 2014 draft with Boston. Their first four picks are all in the league. Yep. Uh, they got uh, Pasternak 25th uh, points per game. He's had a dry settle in that uh, in that draft year. He's got, he's, he's got the most points per game of anybody in that 2014 draft. Right. They got Ryan Donato in the second round, who will be a top nine forward for Boston next year, played on the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Dan Heinen in the third round, who was a top six player this year for Boston. Nice player. They got Heinen. they got Anders uh, Bjork, yep. who Edmonton would love to get their hands on mm-hmm. in the fourth round. Now, people say, well, what about 2015? Because they took the three guys, 13, 14, and 15. The plan was for them to try to parlay a couple of those picks and get Carolina's pick at five so they could get in on Hannafin. There is one player in the NHL amongst three players that Boston took in that draft, and Gretzky had lost some power at that point because mm-hmm. Peter Shirelli was out as GM. Hmm. And somebody, and I won't name any names, but there was someone of influence in Boston who wanted Zach Sanition. So they okay. took Sanition at 15. But the Jake DeBrus pick, there's a guy in Edmonton that was pretty bullish on Drake, Jake DeBrusque right now. That's, yeah. That was with Boston's organization at that time. 2016, Gretzky's last draft. Charlie McAvoy fell to them, and they got him midway through the first round. There you go, and he's up for the. Uh, so, uh, I, uh, he's up for. Is he in the final Calder ballot? I don't think so. I thought. Don't that you he guys? Don't, be, don't you guys vote on I that? I forget who's if he made third or fourth. I don't think he made the final Calder yeah. ballot, but nonetheless, he's an all-star rookie yeah. and a fantastic young player. So, so I, I think there's. I, I sense from the fans, and they can correct me if I'm wrong. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. I think the fans are more confident in Gretzky in Keith Gretzky's but ability. It should be. 
You think they should? Well, be? I think you've, you know, the Oilers. Why do you get to where the Oilers got to, uh, you know, a few years ago? Because you don't draft and develop well enough. Yeah. So finally, they figure that out and they clean house and they bring in different people and different people bring in different people. And we're finally at a point now where you've got a guy running your amateur draft like Keith Gretzky, who's got a great track record and he's proven. Who's worked for two other organizations. He's been around. He knows what he's doing, right? They look at his record. He's got an excellent record. He's a good drafting guy. Get out of his way. You've hired him, right? Don't take his top pick away. Like, don't you yeah. can't hire that guy and then take the bullets out of his gun. It makes no sense to What him. do you say to the people, well, Shirelli has to trade the pick and get some immediate help because he has to, you know, the, the owners have to make the playoffs or else. Well, what, what do you, you say to those people? I think you're, I, I think they have to make the playoffs too. See, here's the only thing that scares me. Is is Pete Chiarelli, and I don't just say this about Pete, because any other guy who would be the Oilers GM this year in year four, I would say it about him too, right? They didn't have any success last year, and they need to have some this year. Yeah. This is an impatient organization. So I only worry uh, that the GM makes moves that are less about the long-term future of the team and more about the short-term solidity of his employment. That's, we don't normally do this, but Chris from uh, Phoenix has called us on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, and he wants to trade the pick. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, good. No, I, I, I don't want to trade it. I'm just saying if there's players out there, like if, if let's just say um, Dougie Hamilton was available for that 10th overall pick, I sure as heck would trade the 10th overall pick for Dougie Hamilton, but I just don't think that... Uh, that the Flames would, would trade it to us for Jack the Tent. Well, I, um, I, I, said, I said previously, you know, a, a legit top four defenseman with term, that would be Dougie Hamilton. And I think it all it also depends on what what is available at uh, that top ten, uh, in the ten, ten slot, because if there is somebody, say, that, you know, teams will, will go on, both we'll from Carolina, uh, prime example, because they've got some young defenders that I wouldn't mind having. I don't, I don't think that we have a chance in and you know what to get uh, Hannafin, but I wouldn't mind having Hannafin. Um, but for the the, the rumored deals of like Clefbaum and the tenth for Krug, that would just be stupid. Uh, I just rather just uh, have us keep that tenth overall pick and just just go from there. But I do agree, uh, Shirelli's in a kind of a pickle this year because I give him tw- I give him a quarter of the season next year. If, if we start out slow and by that say twenty twenty one game mark, if we're if we're struggling, he's gone. Uh, I, I don't see him lasting the, the, the year. Of this coming year, um, and then also, how much of uh, that 2015 those two uh, those two that bad trade had to do with uh, the fact that he fired uh, the entire amateur scouting staff? He didn't. So, uh, saw have and uh, Greg Shulman. All right. Well, he didn't fire the entire scouting staff, but he did fire Stu McGregor when Stu was already down in Fort Lauderdale. Like, the draft was in Florida that year in Sunrise, and the, the scouts went down on, like, the weekend uh, before the draft, and, and so that they were up against it, and Bob Green suddenly was in the role as the uh, the head scout okay. at that time. But, I mean, that, that's just so everybody... Whatever, they've already had all their meetings. Just uh, so everybody's, like... It wasn't Peter Shirelli's decision to trade Taylor Hall. It was an organizational decision. No, no, hang on a second here. He's a GM. So the buck stops with him. Buck stops with him. It's his trade. The philosophy to go bigger and heavier, was that Shirelli or was that organizational? Well, probably both, but again, the okay. you know, the listen, Bob, like you have me on your show and I say some stupid things, but it's your show. 
Right? In yeah. the end, it's the Bob, it's Bob Stoffer show. Legal considerations for <laughs> Oilers now brought to you by Love It LLP. Craig you know Lupel, what? guess what? You're back on retainer. But there you go. I, I, there's no no one could tell me that, that someone else gets his name on that trade other than Pete Chiarelli. That's yeah. his trade. He would. I'm telling you right now, if he was sitting in the oh, studio, no, no, he'd he say would, the same thing. But what I'm saying is there was an organizational belief that the Oilers needed to get bigger and heavier and tougher. No, they and, did. And, it, and, it, and, this and I agreed with it and so did you. Right. This wasn't Shirelli going in and saying to Bob Nicholson and Kevin Lowe, hey, this is what we need to do here. You got, you know, you got a bunch of tiny little farts in the windstorm. You're right. getting pushed around all the time. Those but guys felt it al- too. I think you could also say that there was ways to get bigger and heavier. Uh, that perhaps didn't involve trading away Taylor Hall. I'm here to tell you right now. Big, heavy guys you should be able to get. Let me ask you a question. If they hadn't done the deal, okay, if they'd signed, if they hadn't got Larson for Hall, if they just kept Hall, okay, if they kept Hall and signed Demers. Okay, sure. Did they get past Anaheim last year? Oh, God, I don't know. They got to game seven. They they were down, what, uh, 2-1 in the third period, right? So, it's a coin flip, man. Okay, part two. Does Taylor Hall turn out to be, does he have, does he ever have the type of year in Edmonton that he had this year in New Jersey if he doesn't get traded? That's a good question. He never met, during his time in Edmonton, he did not mesh well with with, uh, Connor McDavid, but he played like less than 200. He didn't play that much with him. Yeah. Right. So, you know, who knows? Probably, yeah. yeah. Here's what I want to say. To me, the Taylor Hall deal, you should never look at it as as a separate entity. This was, remember, the Oilers missed the playoffs for 10 years. Yeah. They went through coaches every year. They changed their GMs. They were the old boys club. They were people meddling in things that shouldn't be meddling in them. They didn't draft any good. They didn't develop any good. They were doing a lot of stuff wrong, okay? All of that chaos, all of the mistakes, all of the bad trades, all of the poor signings, all of the things that went bad, from that pile of you-know-what, came a situation where you could actually look at Taylor Hall and go, you know, he's not fitting here. We need to turn everything over. He's a sign of, he's a, he's a, a reminder of our poor past. He's a, it comes from a dressing room that we're trying to change. Uh, we've got a new guy in town. We're trying to turn the team over to him. Only in Edmonton or in a place where you failed for that long. Could you find a way to justify Taylor Hall? And that's what happened here. And now we look back with clearer eyes and we go, wait a second. How how did that look like a good idea? But at the time, it looked like a good idea. Is that fair? Hence the term. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Back with more on Oilers now after this. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chad. See, I don't think he did as crappy a job as you think he did as a manager. Craig I don't. Tavish was a really good head coach. When he Craig, had players in 06, he knew exactly what to do with them. Craig McTavish never coached for another NHL organization. Why is that the case? 
Was wow. he was he seen as soul, just an Edmonton Oilers guy? Was that it? Yeah, that I don't know the answer. You if he was a really good head coach, don't you think some of the other leagues uh, teams? I thought he was a good head. coach. He almost. I, I'll tell you what. He did an excellent job in 06. He actually did a better job in 08 because he had a ton of injuries and he got his team back in the mix. I'd say he was a good coach. I, never, I don't think he was a great coach. Okay. I do not think he was a crappy GM. I think he first of all he had two years. I think he was an average GM. He, he made one big mistake. He, he didn't need to remove Ralph Krueger from the equation. Oh, that was Sorry, good. I guess technically at about two and a quarter he years. some mistakes. Right? But you you think he did I didn't it. like him as a GM. You didn't like him and as I a GM. I like Craig as a guy, and I, I just said it. I liked him as a coach, but I didn't think he was a good GM. Sorry. Uh, and, and I think too he... Too many w- Belovs, too uh, many Grebishkovs, uh, too many Belongers. I think he... Well, well, okay, wait a bad second. Bad draft picks. Belanger was not Metavish. Okay, sorry. Okay. He loved... I just think that there was too many guys coming in the door that were supposed to be able to play that couldn't play. I think Craig Matavish... Was he Nikita Nikitin? I think he was... Well, Scott Housen was Nikita No, no, no. No, no, no. McT was the general manager. Okay. This guy. He should have stayed away from Russian defensemen. Then I would have liked it more. Yeah. But you don't don't like Russians. You're probably blaming Ovechkin for No, I like Russians that can play. Right? None of those three guys can play. Oh, it's back. So here's my theory on this. I think Mac T was an average to good coach, and I think he was basically an average GM. I don't think he was well, a... That's cr- not exactly high praise, pal. Yeah. I didn't say he was... <laughs> but you're saying he's he was a terrible GM. I didn't say the word terrible well, once. You okay. misquoted Okay. I would never do something like that. I didn't like, like his that. work that much. As okay. Some of the stuff he did didn't work out. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> Some might say he was the perfect GM because it helped the Oilers get both oh Dry Saddle and McDavid. Anyway, all right. You know what? That it's hard to like a lot of things that happen when your team misses the playoffs yeah. for ten years in a row. You can break it down and you can specify. You can oh, say yeah. this was his fault. That was. You know what? They didn't even we know they were in a rebuild the for the first couple of years. I used to have this conversation yeah. with them all the time once I started their spec. You all get painted with a brush, man. That yeah. much failure, it's mm. on everybody. Yep, yeah, it is. So, and now they got to get a turnaround. Now. One area that has been universally acclaimed since they made the official announcement on Friday, the coaching staff. Even the harshest of Oiler critics have said, you know what? This coaching staff looks pretty good. Right. Your turn to comment. Go yeah, for it. Well, there's no question. If you can fill for two minutes, I'm going to have a piece of cake. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, you, know, you, you certainly can't... You can't doubt the experience. Uh, Trent Yanni is exceptionally well respected across the league. He's his his penalty killing numbers on the teams where he was in charge of the PK have been excellent. They're all there on paper for you to see. Uh, you look at the defenseman. He's churned out some young guys in Chicago. Then the group in Anaheim. I mean, you can't argue with any of that. Uh, uh, Gullitson was a head coach in two different places. He's probably overqualified for the job. I'm a little surprised that Manny Viveros took a job that doesn't have him behind an NHL bench every night. I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't go somewhere where he would be a first or second assistant, or maybe a second assistant, and be behind the bench rather than in the press box for the first two periods. As yeah, he my understand- will be in Edmonton. My understanding is there were, what did he say yesterday, Brendan? Five or six different NHL clubs uh, he was in conversation with? Yeah, and he says an easy decision to come to Edmonton. No, talked they with his wife that for, after they signed. Well, he talked with his wife and he said, boom, we're coming here. Oh, there you go. There you go. Good. Now, I'll also say this. How, how uh, you know, this coaching staff is set for this season. Does, as the last assistant, does Manny Viveros think that Glenn Gullitson's going to be here for long? Do Does he believe that 
do we believe that uh, Jay Woodcroft is a long-term coach in Bakersfield? Is that something? Oh, I think Jake's gonna, that, or Jay's going to spend He's going to want to spend some years yeah, couple, there? I don't know the answer I'm asking. There. Yeah. Because I would think there. that's where Mandy Viveros goes at some point is to be an AHL coach, right? Perhaps. Maybe he gets that NHL experience for a couple of years and then ends up in the American yeah. Hockey League. So we'll have to wait and see on that front. Yeah. But you would agree with me that it's generally been perceived quite positive. Oh, how could you not? They're all excellent hockey men. Viveros is one of the very top candidates coming out of the CHL this year. How about this? Every head coach of the last since 2014. So Derek Laxtall coaching in the AHL Calder Cup Final. Yeah, with uh, 2014, the Oil Kings won the WHL. Danny Lambert, who personally, I think, blew it the Memorial Cup in 2015 with Kelowna. He put Joe Gattenby on Leon Dreisettle's line, and Gattenby had scored two goals in the regular season as a defenseman. But he got a job right away in Buffalo's organization, though he was let go uh, shortly after. Uh, 2016, uh, Brandon won the WHL championship, and Kelly McCrimmon was general manager, head coach, Mm -hmm. and moved on. Uh, 27th in Seattle. Who was that? Who was the head coach in Seattle last year? He played for uh, Colorado. Is that Connor Walchuk? Okay. I think it was Connor Walchuk. And now 2018 Viveros. So the last... Um, yeah. Viveros. So the last, what, five WHL uh, champions have lost their head coaches. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a developmental league. Sure, those guys are moving their way up. You're not making a ton of money in Swift, but you are getting a lot of experience and opportunity, right? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, did you watch any of the uh, Champions League final between no. Real Madrid and uh, Liverpool? No. Won. Huh? Real Madrid did. Okay. Gareth Bale scored an unbelievable goal in that game. All right. Yeah. Are you going to watch the World Cup? Oh, yeah, I'll keep an eye on the World Cup. Yeah. I, I'm not a soccer hater by any means. I love all sports. Uh, yeah. I just don't. By the time I carve enough time out of my life to watch the hockey that we watch. Oh, face it. You like to go camping and, and drink beer. So, you know. And now I watch the Eskimos by the way, play ba- on Sunday. Baseball's dropping in interest a bit, eh? It is because it's a long, slow game. And uh, the younger people today are. You young whippersnappers. I know it. I got kids. They don't want to watch it either, right? Well, my boy will watch the baseball, but now we give them Jays in 30 on Sportsnet. A lot of people like that better. Yeah, I, I like that better. Sure. Playoff baseball is still exciting to watch. Well, you better have some time. You better have some time. And look at the game of baseball. All Every rule they put in is to speed the game up. <laughs> they are well. They realize what's happening in baseball. Spec, I'm going to the combine. What do you want me to uh, look for on uh, Friday and Saturday? Uh, don't get too uh, uptight about the guy who can't do any pull-ups. Who was yeah. that? Sam Bennett? Yeah. Yeah. Sam well, Bennett. Maybe it was good because he hasn't panned out. The last two years have been a little. <laughs> he's still a good player. We were just joking. Did Middlestat okay. struggle at the combine too? Uh, Casey Middlestat? Yeah. He did. And, he he, okay. and right now he might be, <laughs> of the guys that didn't play in the NHL last year, he might be the best guy. He was awesome for the Americans of the world. Well, find out uh, who the Oilers are going to pick 10th and let us know. Oh. I, I, you should be able to influence that pick with your power inside the organization. Uh, which I have absolutely none, and that mm-hmm. gets uh, thrown back at me on a day. Our guys are, I mean, I assume that there's two scouts there from every NHL team. Yeah, and, and then the teams have their... This is the interview. This is the, the second there, There's more than place. two scouts there from every team. Yeah, there's team. probably more, sure. They'll interview. They, they interviewed a bunch of guys yesterday. They do dinners with Yeah, they do all that, players. but then they do it again at the draft in Dallas. Yeah, right? well, that'll be... Are you going to that one? I think some. I'm not sure. I'm you just think you can talk your way on a lot trip? 
I like Dallas. I, you know what? I don't care where the draft is. I like to be at the draft. Yeah. The draft is a convention of hockey people. You should be there. Spec, great stuff. Thanks for your time. All right, Bobby. All right, that's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing. Uh, go ahead, bang that headset. We didn't need it. Sorry about uh, that. Uh, live racing Saturdays in Northlands Park. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Al Hamilton coming up next on Oilers Now.